Hello and welcome to the St. Martin's Football Show, the penultimate football show for Christmas. In today's show, I'll be looking back at the midweek action uh, that included uh, an Arsenal draw this time instead of a defeat. Man United played against 
Sheffield, away at Sheffield United. And the big game of the week was between Liverpool and Tottenham. Um, so we'll start off then with the Tuesday game. Obviously, the early game was between Wolves and Chelsea. Um, obviously, Chelsea, as Lloyd said last week, not really good against bottom 10 teams. Well, they didn't really improve this time. Olivier Giroud scored after 49 minutes. And then Daniel Podence after 66 and Neto in the 95th minute. Um, obviously, we, we said last week about possibly Hulk joining um, Wolves. That deal, um, a load of reports have said that's off now. It won't be happening um, because he won't have a work permit in time to play um, before January the 1st. But, Max, start off with you then. Um, Wolves, obviously, we said last week they haven't got their star striker, while Jimenez, um, Neto starting to step up to the plate. Um, is it going to be a turnaround for Wolves now that they could be a 7th or 8th or do you still expect them to be maybe 11th where, for example, they have been in the past few weeks? Well, I think it's going to be challenging without Jimenez, really, because obviously he, he what did he contribute to? Maybe like 60% of their goals last season or something like that. I think that's a stat. Hmm. So, I mean, I think they can still do well without him, but in terms of being in Europe, I think it's going to be it's unlikely without um, Jimenez, although they have looked good at the last couple of games. Yeah, they've definitely um, definitely improved. And each of Wolves' last 82 goal scores in the Premier League have been scored by non-British um, players excluding own goals. Only Arsenal have had a longer run in the Premier League of 171 in 2005 to 2008. So they have got, um, obviously, proven goal scores. Daniel Podence um, has been stepping up the past few weeks. But for Chelsea then, obviously, another, another disappointing defeat. Um, Despite Olivier Giroud getting his 13th goal of the season for, for club and country, he's definitely starting to, to step up for the mark. But you've just got to look at Chelsea's record against um, teams in the top half. Six games, either one, three draws and three, row, uh, three losses. Um, Lloyd, is that um, a record? Do you think Chelsea will turn around going into the second half of the season if they do want to be challenging for the title? Uh, yeah, if, if they want to turn to the title, they definitely need to turn around. It's it's a horrible stat to look at because you have to trust it. Like what is it? it's a super team, really. After the money they spent on it, that's the quality of their team, and then they're failing to beat these sides. Like it, it, it really does make sense to me. Like I, I don't think Lampard's the best manager. But like even individual brilliance should still take these players. So like, really, one of those teams. So I, I definitely think it needs to be sorted out. I think we're playing them next week. Uh, but but that is a shame because we're already a top ten club, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it don't really count. But also, you talked about the players they bought in Timo Werner. His last seven games for Chelsea in all competitions: four hundred and forty-one minutes played, zero goals, eleven shots, six on target. Um, and then obviously he did have that poor start, and then he come back in and did a. I think he scored for a few three Premier League games on the spin, and then a few in the in the Champions League, but apart from that, he, he hasn't really done anything. You just look, look the other day, zero goals, zero assists, two passes completed, zero successful dribbles, three step-overs, and somebody joked and said, one good haircut. Is he, <laughs> is, is he really been... Um, are you surprised by how poor he's been, Lloyd, considering the hype? Um, yeah, um, I would say I'm quite surprised, because... Uh, he did play amazing in the Bundesliga. I knew he was never going to play as good because obviously, like the Premier League is a lot harder, and he was also playing under Nagelsmann as well. And he had this great system built around him when he was playing like as a second striker, really playing off someone else. 
And that's what he did really well. Now, at uh, Chelsea, you know, he hasn't really replicated that. He's playing in a completely different system with a different manager in a harder league. Like, I think I think if Lampard gets his tactics down and gets him playing as he was, then I, I think he'll do really well. I think he just needs to find his fear a bit more and then find his positioning as well. Yeah, as you said, there, he hasn't really had... Um... And the service there, but Chelsea um, t- co-top scorer is Olivier Giroud, which um, he hasn't really played much. So that's saying um, much there. And as we, as we said, they do need to improve. I think is it the first time they've lost back-to-back Premier League games in in 2020, and they've lost successive Premier League games for the as I said, December the 14th, 2019 was the last time they they did that. Before Wolves, then it has been a a pretty good week for. Um, for them, they've had Leonardo Dendonka sign a new contract till 2023. Neves made his 150th appearance, and then they've had that um, US youngster, is it Owen um, Astari? I think I said that. I said that right. He got an assist. Um, yeah, coming off the bench, and as we said a few weeks ago, USA is starting to um, bring along a few um, a few good talents now, and. Um, he said Pedro Neto's strike in the 94th minute and 39 second was the latest winning goal scored in a Premier League game against Chelsea since Opta um, started collecting stats in 2006-7. So a really good victory for um, for Wolves in that one. And then the next game on Tuesday, it was two games on Tuesday. The late game was between Man City and West Brom. And including myself, I thought Man City, this could be a... Um, pretty straightforward task for them, but they made it um, everything but that. Um, Aikai Gundogan scored in the 30th minute um, after brilliant play from Raheem Sterling, and then a Ruben Diaz own goal, um, which we was a bit harsh on um, AJ that he had the shot and they come off Ruben Diaz. Was it on target? Possibly, possibly not. Um, but he went down as a, a Ruben Diaz own goal. But the main talking point probably from that game was um, just after Slavan or the next morning. Slavan Bilic got sacked um, and they brought in Big Sam, Sam Allardyce. Good uh, good recruitment from West Brom there, Max? I mean, he's proven, but it's just whether the squad is good enough. Obviously, he's already said that he wanted to bring in new players. But I suppose in terms of um, staying up, there's you know few people that, are, that have the experience that he does. Now, a lot of, lot of West Brom fans have um, criticised um, them for doing that because obviously he's been in charge for what, 18, 18 months and okay he got that draw against um, Man City and then he got him promoted what in his first first season at the club in, in the championship he's managed them for um, what was the 100th Premier League game he's obviously taken West Ham to, to Europe in 2015 and 17 in his um, first full season in um, seventh, the highest placing since 2002. So he's got a pedigree. Lloyd, is he going to get another Premier League or Championship club, do you think? What, what, what was the question, sorry? Do you reckon Slavan Bilic will get another Premier League or Championship club in the future, considering, OK, West Brom are 19th and we all thought they'd get 19th, but he has taken West Ham into, into Europe and he's got what West Brom up. In his first full season at um, West Brom, he took him up from the championship. So, is there another championship and um, Premier League job on the cards soon? Do you think? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, I wouldn't really see Prem, just because like like 
it, it wouldn't really make sense for like one of the worst clubs in the Prem to sack their manager and then a club better than him to pick him up. I, I definitely think they're in the championship, someone will pick him up. So, like he did really well with West Brom last season. Hey, he hasn't really done badly with them this season. Like they have actually put in a few decent performances. Like uh, they're a one or two in Man City. And like yeah. like you said, he did do well with the West Ham too. So I definitely think someone will be in for him really soon. They I, I do think he's quite good. Hey, he's decent manager, you see. Decent player, decent decent manager. Um, as you said, West Brom a bit unlucky. Well, they should have beaten Chelsea, really. Um, 3 0 up. They were a bit unlucky against you, and they were a bit. Mm, we, we were quite poor against them, but we were probably the better team, so they didn't really deserve anything from, uh, from that. And as you said, Big Sam come in. There was a lot of talk of whether he was going to be Nigel Pearson, Mark Hughes, Eddie Howe. Um, could have been all of them good selections. Probably Eddie Howe would have been the second best out, yeah. of, out of them to come in. Obviously, did it with with Bournemouth. But uh, Max, have you got a bit of sympathy for um, the way Slavin Bilic got sacked? Because um, one fan said the other day, I'll tell you what he said: shocking decision by West Brom. You haven't supported Bilic in the transfer market. What do you expect? What are you going to get in any better? Obviously, this was for Big Sam. No one sacked the man for his success um, last season. And then the Sky Sports poll um, said 93% of Sky Sports news viewers believed that the sacking of Billich was um, a wrong one. So a lot of um, West Brom fans and fans from outside don't agree with the sacking. Do you agree with the sacking of um, Billich at this time, just before Christmas? I mean, I think I can see both sides of it, obviously. that um, I think he... In terms of you know his management, how he, especially how he did last season, he isn't necessarily deserving of it. But I think it shows the intention of West Brom. Uh, they want to stay up, and I think in terms of having a um, manager who can stay up with a poor team, uh, I think Allardyce is more likely to be able to do that. <clears throat> but um, I mean, I think honestly, it's, it's bit down to Bilic that they got promoted last season. I don't think their squad was necessarily even you know deserving of going up. It's it, I think. Coming into the Premier League, there was a lot to ask for. Um, but uh, honestly, I mean, I think if he went down to the Championship and took over a better side, then I mean, I think he could, you know, do even better coming up to the Premier League. I think he's a really good manager, and I think it's mainly maybe down to the investment and just the quality of the squad. He said in an interview with the Telegraph yesterday that um, he realised on the coach back from Man City that he was um, being sat. As we said about Big Sam, he's never got relegated from. Um, the Premier League, I think Blackburn, they were 19th in 2008. He took them to 15th. Sunderland um, was probably his best job, actually. Everyone thought they were they were gone. I think Gus Poyet was their manager before. Um, in 2015, they were 19th, 17th. And then Palace went from 17th to 13th in 2016. And then, um, of course, he had that spell with Everton where in what his last job now, 2017 to 18, where he was... 13th to 8th, so he's definitely got um, the experience of, of never being relegated. Is is he going to keep West Brom up, Lloyd, do you think? Or is it a too big of a uh, I'm, I'm really not sure. Because, like, on one hand, you do have never been relegated, does this consistently, literally his job. Like, going to a team, keeping them up. But then, like, I, I, I only think they have the quality in West Brom to stay up. So, it, it, I think it probably is Adidas' biggest task yet to try and keep them up. Like especially in the current prem season as well, like with like lots of injuries, lots of COVID as well. So like it's it's really hard to and then like all the random results happening too. 
So I, I feel I do think it will be really hard. I, I don't think they will stay up, but I wouldn't really be surprised if they do, just because of Allardyce. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people have said that the sacking obviously for Christmas, he's going to have, what, two weeks before the transfer window opens to, to bring, um, learn the players and know their styles before he can possibly bring in a few players. Is, is that ideal for manager of possibly Big Sam's um, experience, considering the last management job he's had a bit more time with the previous players before the transfer window? Uh, I, I wouldn't really say it's like really hard for him to like implement, like, like the system he's going to implement isn't exactly like playing this fast-flowing, free-passing football. No, like he's going to he's going to put seven defenders in the box, and he's going to put a tall striker and a short striker. You long ball it, the tall striker hits it to the small striker, and then he puts it in the net. And they're going to do that and hope results. And that's what he does everywhere he goes. And like to be fair to him, it works. If it isn't broke, you don't fix it. Like that's got him to keep what like six clubs up or whatever. Yeah. Like, like I fully expect him to do that. Like uh, they probably will make some purchases in January, just get some players he suits more. But I don't really think it's that much of a loss. Yeah, he had, uh, to be fair to him, he, I think he did have the free-flowing football when he was with Bolton, and he did. Um, what well, he, I think he took him into Europe, didn't he? And they did. Um, they did really well there. But for West Brom, they've had Sam Aldice, Tony Pulis, Alan Pardew, and Roy Hodgson all in the last. Um, decade that have managed West Brom and Crystal Palace actually and um, brilliant stat friend on that he was the last manager to win away um, to beat Liverpool at home um, and the next Liverpool's next home game is against West Brom so um, hopefully from our point of view that um, yeah that he does he does do very well but on the other hand you've got another managerial situation obviously Pep probably a bit more secure now. Um, after 12 games over the past four seasons, he's been there. Um, it's pretty much been, what, 30-odd points. Two, his first season, 2017 to 18, 34, then 32, then 25, then 20. <laughs> What's going wrong with Man City, Matt? Because, I, I don't know, last year they were title contenders, starting to be a two-horse race between... Um, Man City and Liverpool and probably going down to their clash between the two teams now. Okay, it's a, a crazy Premier League season where anyone's beating anyone, but surely Man City, with the squad they got, should be probably either top or second at least. So what, what's got to change, do you think? I mean, we did say, we've said, we've talked about this before, and I think it is, again, it's the leadership in the team. They've had a lot of departures um, you know, in the last couple of years, Um but that be company or, you know, obviously David Silva just last season. And um, and obviously Arteta as well. And I think all those uh, kind of come together to kind of make a very challenging situation. And, and really they're going to need to think about how they um, you know, pick up replacements for those players. And they have to do it wisely. You can't just spend a lot of money on a defender or anything like that. You need to find characters and you need to find people who genuinely want to give their all. And that's not easy to do. Yeah, be um, for Man City's sake anyway, a massive turnaround um, required. Then on to Wednesday then, it was six games. Um, the first game we thought about was a seven-goal thriller at Ellen Road. Leeds beating Newcastle 5-2. Um, Jeff Hendrick put Newcastle ahead after 26 minutes. And then Patrick Bamford in the 35th minute, who I didn't realise this year. I think he's had one of the most shots in the in the Premier League and um, if he'd been more lethal he'd probably be on about 20 goals already now he's, 
it is crazy to think. But he scored in the 35th minute. And then um, Rodrigo scored after half-time in the 61st minute. Obviously, they spent big money on him. And then Kieran Clark equalised for Newcastle. And then it was just a, a lead um, brilliant performance. And Stuart Dallas scoring in the 77th minute. Alioski in the 85th. And Jack Harrison was an absolute brilliant strike in the um, 88th minute to get the three points for um, Leeds. And then the next game then, which involved another red card for Arsenal. Um, they drew 1-1 with Southampton ex-Arsenal player Theo Walcott scoring after 18 minutes. And then um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang actually scored at the right end this week um, to get Arsenal an equaliser. But it did come at a cost, as I said, because probably one of the signings of the season, definitely Arsenal's best player, Gabriel, got sent off. An improvement, Lloyd? No, yeah, de- definitely an improvement. We played really well, especially for the red card. We did actually look like we had a chance of get, going getting away, really. But, like, look, once again, it was another red card. In the first five games, we've had three red cards, which just isn't, like, obviously isn't good enough. Like, I think in the past year, the club with the highest red cards have had three, and then we've equaled that in the past five games. Yeah. Like, it, it it's, it's terrible. Like, there's clearly some issue with us getting red cards. Well, it seems bizarre and insane, but like I don't really know what's happening. What's what's wrong with the discipline? Because obviously you'll know the coaching staff better than better than us at Arsenal. Is there a um, is there a coach at Arsenal? Like, do they have somebody that helps with issues like that, or is it just you know you've just got to go on your own? Or do you have, for example, I don't know what they call that, a mental coach? They'll help you. Um, you know, be calm in these situations and not give away stupid uh, fouls and yellow cards and especially red cards. Is, is there a disciplined coach at Arsenal? Uh, I, 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 there might be, but like, I'm not really sure. I know that Arteta has implemented the same system Pep uses. But like, if someone's like late to training, they get they get a fine. Like, uh, like obviously, they would have been fined for the red cards as well. And like... Uh, uh, I, I don't really know what's going on. Apparently, a few of the players are, are starting to turn against Arteta. But, like, I, th- I think it's absurd. I think it's because Arteta has told them he doesn't want to anymore. Like, at Louis, there was a controversial bench against Man United, uh, which was, I was, like, most recent win as well. And then, like, he, he has, apparently hasn't really been happy with him. And then, it, it just doesn't really it, seem like a good situation. But who would come in and replace him, do you think, if Arteta did guess that? Really well, I, I really hope I don't. I really hope he doesn't get sacked in the first place. And then, like at the moment, there's not really that many, really not that many coaches who would come to us. Like you, are you're having a pot. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no, there's no way possible. Yeah, Allegri could come to us, but like, like he said before that he wouldn't come to a team halfway through a season because he'd won the summer window and like a pre-season then as well. I'm like, I, oh, I, I, I don't really see why we need Allegri. Is, is Luis Enrique still um, still a free agent now, or has, he, or has he got a club? And would do you think he would go? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure he's doing it. Anymore, but he's, he's Spanish. He's Spanish. Yeah, I thought he was Spain. Yeah, Spain oh, he's, he's national Spain, team. Uh, he's, he's Spain. He's Spain national team. But you know, as you said, it is. Um, unless you get someone like a, um, you know, a Mark Hughes or. Um, I don't know, Mick McCarthy, as um, some Arsenal fans have suggested before in the past, last year. The Neil Warnock. A Neil Warnock from Middlesbrough, yeah. 
um, somewhere along the lines. But no, I think, you know, I think, I suppose it was an improvement in performance, but I think maybe, not being harsh, but maybe it wasn't Southampton's greatest performance of the season, considering how brilliant they've been. And obviously, Theo Walcott, he scored 108 goals for Arsenal, and then he scored. Um, he was here for 12 years. 12 years. And it was a it was a brilliant finish to be fair. Dinked it over the over the keeper. But well, as we said, Pierre Mkabamian back to back goals now. Um, obviously the oh. own, obviously the own goals. Yeah. Um, he ends the longest run without a goal for Arsenal, and it's the first he scored from open play since September, which is um, quite remarkable. Um, really, and it's the first time since November the first that Pierre Mkabamian has scored a, a Premier League goal. It's just the turnaround now, do you think, for Bamiang? Do you expect him to, to get his confidence back and start the, the goal-scoring streak that we know he can do? Uh, yeah, I, I really hope so. Like, if you want him, you can tell there's a lack of confidence. Like, at the end of last season, like especially during our cap run, when he scored, like, four goals in two games against City and Chelsea, like, he, he looked insane. Like, he genuinely looked like one of the best attackers, like, easily in the league. And then, like, this season, he, he just hasn't at all. Like, he's looked like a completely different player. And I, I really think that's down to his confidence. Like, against Spies specifically, there, there were a good few chances where, like, where you'd look at it and you'd go, oh, Bamiang last season scores that. But he just wouldn't take the shot. Like, he'd have a chance to, like, try and kill one in from, like, quite far, far from the guards, just inside the box. And he, he, he wouldn't go for him. Like, it, it does look like he's lost something, but I, I genuinely do think it is just confidence around him, especially after the performances last year. Like, yeah. I, I think this goal could really help him now, and I, I really hope it does, because if it, if it gives him this run of confidence, like, you know he's going to score more, because he's a really oh, good yeah. striker, and he finishes yeah. his chances really well. Exactly. I, exactly. I think this will kick him a bit, and then make him perform better. Exactly, but... Um, you know, you've talked about him a lot on and off air, um, about Ed, who is your technical director. He said um, quite a lot recently, one of the quotes he said, it's quite clear what we need. We need a player with creativity in the middle. We don't have um, that in the squad at the minute, which is a bit harsh considering, for example, Ozil's out. Um, one player you have been linked with then is obviously um 28-year-old Spanish attacking midfielder, um, Isco, who hasn't been getting much time at um, Real Madrid and could possibly leave in, in January. Um, Arsenal, Everton, Sevilla, Juventus and AC Milan seem to be the favourites. Is it likely he will come to Arsenal or, or if he does go with it, we'll talk more about Max and the possible options of him going to Juventus or AC Milan in a minute. But can you see him going to Arsenal? Uh, I, I really can't see him coming in. I really hope he doesn't either. Because it kind of goes against everything we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah I, I would say Everton, if anyone. Because, like, let's go there with Ancelotti there. So it's a nice link there. Like, so have to do with the Hammers for three years as well. Could you, I, I, I think if he does move, he'll, he'll probably go there. Yeah, Max, if um, Lloyd thinks they, he's going to go to Everton, obviously you're our Italian football expert. It, would he go to Juventus or AC Milan, and would he fit in at either club? Do you think? Um, I mean, I think he's AC Milan are, are kind of similar to what Arsenal are trying to do. They're very focused on youth and bringing young players in. We've seen that with lots of the um, recent signings, especially in the summer. Uh, Sandro Tonali is a noteworthy one, but um, Juventus, I think, I could see that potentially happening. They kind of need a creative um, player with. Um, Barla looking like he's going to leave. 
so I think Juventus it could be likely, and they've also you know they've they've bought you know a couple of players uh, from Spain. I mean obviously uh, Morato's moved there and he's done very well so far. Um, I think yeah Juventus is more likely than AC Milan. I think. Yeah, but going back on to Edu then, um, one final one, he said, we're here to solve the problem. We have the team, we have the squad, we have the manager, we have the staff, everyone in the right place to change it. We do um, have people to expect a magician to go boom, come here, messy, boom. No, it depends on us. So Arteta has got the, the back of your technical director. Is that a good sign, do you think, Lloyd? Uh, like, my opinion on Edu, I, I don't really like him at all. Like he, he he did the Brazil job, like like directing something there, and like the quotes some people said about him, like from the from the team saying like, like I saw this quote, I can't remember who's from. They said like Edu's going to Arsenal. Good luck to Arsenal. Like he, he really isn't that high rated, and you see him there complaining that there's no attacking out attacking the creativity in the team. And that's Edu when Arteta told them that Awa was the number one priority. He didn't get. Like, I hated that interview he did. Because he said about William as well. He said when he's given William time. Well, when we signed William, he justified it by saying he's going to come into this team straight away and give us creativity. Like, he hasn't really made the best signings for us. No. Like, okay. like he's basically got William. He gave Cedric a four-year deal, William a three-year deal. And then, like, you can't really give him anything for the party deal because we just paid a release clause. Yeah, Gabriello, good recruitment. Uh, I think... Gabriel was definitely good recruitment. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much Edu had to do that because I think it was picked up by Arteta. But okay. uh, like, like if Edu had anything to do to it, fair play to him. But like, yeah, I, I'm still quite on the fence about Edu. But I, I want to judge what he does in a, in January because like if he does go out and get a creative player, then perfect. But if he doesn't, I, I'm I'm really worried about the state of this club. Yeah, I think Gabriel, I didn't see much of the French league. I think, was it Lille? He literally come from, didn't yeah. he? Um, and I didn't know much about it. I seen him in like, the Europa League. And I think they were in the Champ Chelsea group, the Champions League last year. And he, he did look all right. And he has taken to the Premier League really well. And obviously, he's got suspended now. Maybe a bit harsh, the yellow card or whatever. He wasn't as violent as Pepe and Granite Xhaka was the past few weeks. But he was maybe a bit unlucky and stupid fouls. But... He is going to be a big miss. And one final question: Is it a bit of a dread now that you're you're coming up against Everton, um, Calvert Lewin, and Richarlison, and if Gilfrey Dickerson possibly plays, is it a bit of a worry that you haven't got your best defender and probably most sustainable defender up against probably the informed striker in England at the minute? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely say it's really worrying. But like, my only saving grace really is like. Like, you have Kyle Lemon, who's really dominant in the end. And then I'm aerial dominant centre-backs out. However, they, they don't have Digne playing, or Rodriguez, I don't think. So that instantly takes off two of the probably best crossing threats. Uh, I, I just really hope we get some results soon. Because, like, I think in the past six games, we've got a point or something. Like, we really need to get some results on the board. Yeah, I suppose um, the bonus view that um, your fans won't be able to... Considering you know that reaction, obviously when you lost to Burnley for the first time since 1974 at home, um, but that that reaction that went global, that um, fan that had his face mask over his yeah. eye, basically, basically summed it up. Um, but I suppose obviously London going into tier three and 
um, weren't allowed fans from Wednesday. May um, not helped Crystal Palace or Fulham, but may definitely help um, Arsenal and, and the fans there. But as Jordan North would say, um, probably for Southampton, it was quite a, a happy place. Um, for them getting up a, a point which Ralph Arsenal didn't really um, believe was possible in a few, a few months ago and thought come into okay you are a big you might not be in the top six but you are a big six team he said was was quite remarkable and you just got to look at him Mkhitaryan obviously he didn't do very well at Man United definitely didn't do well at Arsenal now he's doing um, really well at Rome I think 150 goals he passed the other day in his club career and he's on um, fire at the minute. Is he? Is how good's he doing in in Italy? Quickly, Max. Well, again, I, I'm not totally looking at uh, many of Roma's results. Um, but uh, they're, they're, you know, they're a team that are kind of uh, rife with injuries at the moment. And I think you know he's one of those players that are stepping up quite well. And in terms of the goal scorers, I think he is one of their main threats. And we've seen obviously Pedro came in as well. And I think they kind of did, they have balanced out some of their injuries with uh, good signings. And I think Mkhitaryan has done very well. well. I think certainly better than um, he did uh, at Arsenal. Um, yeah, and I think he was a very good signing uh, from them and a, quite a smart one as well. And he, and Tim Cino, they played this season. You'd probably say he's one of the standouts. Didn't he, did he go for free? Because didn't you release him, Lloyd? Is that, am I right in there? Didn't he go for free? Um, yeah, he, I think yeah. he terminated his contract and then no. left. That's right, he scored, he's just got it up now. Um, 12, 12 goals he scored, and the most from a midfielder in the, um, and assists combined in the top five leagues this season. And a lot of Arsenal fans have said, oh, how Arsenal could do with him right now. Um, probably in that form, he would get in um, into the Arsenal team. But quickly going back onto that Leeds game then, um, I've got to say Marco Bielsa, it was his 114th game for Leeds, the most he's managed at any club for um, in his brilliant career so far. And um, Patrick Bamford has now scored the most goals and than any other player under um, Marco Bielsa with 35, beating Fernando Lorente at Atletico Bilbao. Um, there was one more game then in the early game on um, Wednesday. It was involving Everton. They won away 2-0 at Leicester with Charleston and Mason Holgate getting his first Premier League goal for um, Everton there, which at the time denied um, Leicester, the, the top of the Premier League. Um, obviously, another disappointing defeat for them. And then on Wednesday, Fulham drew nil-nil with Brighton. Um, pretty dull game, really. Um, Adam Lallana had um, possibly a penalty appeal, but it um, hit Danny Welbeck's... Um, well, it was a handball by Danny Welbeck in the, the build-up, the VAR. Um, spotted after a review. And then Adam Webster hit the crossbar with a, a brilliant header, but it wasn't enough. Um, for Brighton to a pretty dull nil-nil there. And then uh, West Ham drew 1-1 with um, Crystal Palace. Ben Teke, who's starting to play more and more now, he scored after 34 minutes, but also got a, a red card. And then Sebastian Halley with a brilliant bicycle kick um, to equalise for um, West Ham. And then there was the big game on Wednesday night involving your team, Max Spurs, um, playing away at Liverpool. Most Salah put Liverpool ahead after 26 minutes. And then... Um, Son, brilliant ball over the top and then slotted it in on the 33rd minute. Um, I think he got voted Korean Player of the Year this um, this week as well, which is probably unsurprising considering the form he's been in. And then Roberto Firmino with um, a brilliant 90th minute header, which made Tim Sherwood look like a bit of an uh, 
idiot on the Amazon saying that um, Spurs were going to clear it and then Firmino come diving in with a, a brilliant header. Um, Max, there was a lot of criticism about the way Mourinho set out. Were you surprised or were you expecting um, the way that, you know, I think, what did you have, two shots, was it, or on target or somewhere along that line? Were you surprised? No, I mean, he's done it against the other big teams and it's worked. And you'd probably say that it worked in this game because it was a deflection that they conceded and a set piece. So nothing to really that the system could have helped. Yeah, I don't know. Brilliant, brilliant performance from Liverpool, to be fair. And obviously, Jose said to Jurgen Klopp after the game that the better team lost tonight. Um, not really sure about that. I think Liverpool were the better um, better team. I think one of the Liverpool players, I think it was Trent Alexander-Arnold, said that Mourinho um, was wrong and the better team won, um, which he was probably right in saying there. But it was a really good night for um, Reese Williams. Then he made his Premier League debut in um, a massive game. It has been a pretty good year for him. Um, in March, just for lockdown, he was playing in the National League North for Kidderminster. And in October, he was keeping Champions League clean sheets with Liverpool. Now he made his his Premier League debut. Lloyd, how um, how well do you think Jurgen Klopp has done to bring in these um, top quality young players like Reese Williams? Obviously, um, done well in the Champions League. I think Curtis Jones is really a regular starter now, and you've got the likes of Nico Williams as well. Um, trying to think of, of some of the others now. I think yeah, so probably about it. Um, and there might be a few other players. I think Nat Phillips as well have been playing. How well has Jurgen Klopp um, done to adapt these young players to the big games and regularly starting? Um, uh, I think he's done insanely well. Um, like you said, he's, he's given loads of these chances, and especially Curtis Jones. He, he's he's becoming a starter really in the Prem now. And then like Kelleher as well. He's now yeah. Well, he's the, he's the backup keeper now, even ahead of Adrian. So. I, I say fair play to Klopp for giving them a chance. Yeah, he certainly adapted them well into the system and um, fair play to them, they have done um, really well. And then there was, what, two games on Thursday, the early game, Aston Villa nil, Burnley nil. Um, they moved the Clarets Burnley out of the relegation zone, I suppose, four points from the past two games now against Villa, who are doing well, and then the struggling Arsenal. Um <laughs> It's probably um, it's probably a good um, good sign for them. And then the last game involving my team, uh, um, well, I suppose it turned out at the end to to be a really good game. Okay, maybe it was a, a bit scrappy, but we won away at Sheffield United or Bramall Lane three two. David McGoldrick scored after five minutes after an absolute stinker from um, Dean Henderson as well. And then Marcus Rashford scored in the 26-minute brilliant strike. And then Anthony Martial actually scored. Um, well, got another shot on target to start with. And then uh, <laughs> scored his first Premier League goal of, of the season. So hopefully um, that continues now. Um, brilliant finish, actually. And then I think he got an assist in the game as well. And then Marcus Rashford scored in the 51st minute. And then we thought, like, cruise control, yeah. Um, that was before late David McGoldrick. Um 87th minute um, goal there and then he got a bit nervy but we did manage to hang on Dean Henderson then Max poor performance um, as we'll play a clip later I went on um, BBC Radio 5 Live last year and said that he wasn't ready to to start for Man United yet and possibly send him back on loan um, at Sheffield United 
based on the performance on on Thursday. Am I right in in what I said a few months ago in June last year that David De Gea should be starting regularly? Well, I think currently, yeah, you you are were right. But a year ago, you'd probably say the other way. You you might have been wrong. I think, arguably, last year, and if he would have continued to get regular starts this season, I think it's possible that he would have been better than De Gea because last season, I mean, we've seen the difference that he he's made in in Sheffield United. And if you know it's a young a young player, and if he would have sustained you know a starting position, he would have only continued to grow. And I think the only reason that poor performance happens like that is if you know you, you don't have game time and you're not as sharp. And I think that's what we've seen with Henderson in the, in that game. Yeah, I know. I know we've been um, performing poor at home. I think three clean sheets in the last four Premier League home games for um, De Gea. I know it was a it was a way, but um, you know, another way win. I think it's now a new club record of ten consecutive Premier League away wins. We're the first team ever to win six away games after conceding first in a, a Premier League season, and it does look um, it does look a bit brighter for us now. Um, I think we've got. Um, yeah, I think we've just passed the thousands mark on uh, most away points passed in in the Premier League as well. So I think our away form. Um, it's pretty good. I think Liverpool 811, Arsenal 852, Chelsea 817. We got 1002. A big question then, Lloyd. Obviously, I'm not saying we're going to win the league, and I've said this, but if we do improve our home form and keep up our way, do we have a small chance considering how mad the Premier League season's been this season? Well, I mean, there's always a small chance, but. Uh, I really don't see this current team and the current manager going anywhere near the title. Really, like, like you've got a you've got a decent amount of results now, like especially away as well. But uh, one, I don't see you keeping it up. And two, like you, you if you carried on this on, you still wouldn't even win. Well, uh, we I, are we're we're one point above Chelsea, three points above Man City, nine points above you. And we can go second um, if we win our game in hand against Burnley. So is is it looking a bit brighter for us now? Do you think? It's definitely looking a bit brighter. Like you'll probably get top four, but then like look at the teams just scored better than you. Like like yeah. Chelsea arguably have a better team. Spurs definitely do. Uh, City definitely do. Liverpool definitely do. But no. I just really don't think the title is possible. Really, I think Leicester are far off. Yeah, yeah, but I think the problem with Leicester is that um, obviously that poor performance against Everton, they're not finding consistency, and obviously we're finding consistency away from home, which I just read out then. But I think it's just our home form that is that is letting us down. I'm not saying we're going to win the league because I think Liverpool will still do well. Um, but if we do maybe improve our home form, I think we got leads at home on, on Sunday, um, War of the Roses game, that big um, historical derby. Um, so hopefully we beat them. And so, you know, well, I don't know. I'm, we have a chance, I think. I'm, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do a Mourinho year and play it, play it down and say we're not going to win it. But I would be really, really, really surprised if, if we did win it, which would be... Um, quite remarkable really but on the other hand um, Sheffield United a better performance if they play like they did against us Max can you see them possibly having a glimmer of staying up I think if they sign I mean one point in 13 games is, is so bad Yeah, and that's I think, genuine I don't even think I don't even know if it's humanly possible to do that 
But I mean, if they sign really well, if the plays really well, there's a possibility that they go on an incredible run of form as we've seen they could do, you know, last season. But it's it's incredibly unlikely. It's the worst ever start from a football club in the top flight since the structure of the divisions in 1888. And they're the only team in um, the Premier League and the FL um, Championship League 1 and League 2 that have yet to record um, a victory as well. And you just got to look at their, their defeats, 2-0 to Wolves. They, you know, they haven't come, haven't come too far off. 2-0 Wolves, 1-0 Villa, 1-0 Leeds. They lost to you, 2-1. They drew 1-1 with Fulham. Lost 2-1 to Liverpool, 1-0 away at Man City. They got, okay, smashed by Chelsea, 4-1. West Ham, 1-0. West Brom, 1-0. Leicester, 2-1. Southampton, they got dominated 3-0. And we were the better team against um, them. Obviously, it made um, it look a bit better for Sheffield United. But they have been linked with Jesse Lingard, possibly on loan from us, and Marcus Rojo. What is it with, do you think, Sheffield United then, Lloyd, that, they had losing these games by one goal. Um, the, the attackers, uh, I think, are definitely the weak link. Yeah, like like neither, like any of them aren't clinical enough. Really. Well, the first, I think, against Man United, is the first time they scored two goals this season. So. Yeah, 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 I think that's right. But they have got obviously David McGoldrick. I'm not saying he's world class, but. He can maybe, as he's shown, he can do a job against the big six. He's done it against Chelsea, us, um, Arsenal. Um, McBurney's okay, maybe he might be a championship striker. He, he had a pretty decent season last year. Um, obviously, Rian Brewster's come in. He hasn't really got Premier League experience. Okay, he did well for Swansea in the championship last year. But he hasn't really been playing in the Premier League. I don't think he has, actually. Has he played maybe a, a few sub-games for Liverpool. So, you know, the squad's not that bad, but it is it is a bit big ask. But are you not surprised that maybe Chris Wilder, he, he's a really nice guy, and obviously Sheffield United fans will know this, that he's a, he's a club legend, supports the club. But are you not a bit surprised, um, Max, that maybe they didn't sack him earlier and didn't get in a big Sam maybe they could have got before West Brom got in? Well, I mean, he's done so much for the club and it's difficult to say goodbye to a manager and especially when the, the players have been playing in his system for so long as well. I mean, it's difficult to not only let go of the manager but also you know, having to adapt the system and have all these players learn to play in a totally different way. But, I mean, they have definitely got players in the, squ- in the squad that are you know, very good but there's also players in the squad that aren't good enough so it's really difficult to find a good balance. But, you know, they've spent quite a lot of money in, in seasons gone so it, it depends how they invest and maybe with a new manager maybe with the same manager they could start to tin the form around but again I don't know if they could maybe they could get away from the bombs pop I don't know if they're going to be able to stay up yeah um, as well but going back on to us obviously I've come into criticism of Paul Pogba in recent weeks but you have got to say despite everything I've said that credits um, where credit's due is due um, obviously brilliant ran the show maybe on on Thursday okay it's against Sheffield United but he has started to look um, a bit better the past few games and um, one final start then with the first side ever to score two plus Premier League goals uh, or goals in 10 consecutive away games in the Premier League Um, the first club to do so in the English top flight since Tottenham in October 
1960. So he's definitely looking. Um, right, for us to the league table then, uh, Liverpool remain on the top on 28, and then Tottenham, well, they go actually above Tottenham because obviously goal difference, but they're back above them now on 28, Tottenham 25, Southampton 24, Leicester 24, Everton 23, Man United in 6, um, 23 after 12 games, then Chelsea in 7th on 22, West Ham 21, Man City 20 after 12 games, then Wolves 20 in the in the top 10 on 13 games. Then Villa have played 11 games, um, 19 points as well. Uh, 12th is Crystal Palace on 18 points. Then Leeds, 17. Newcastle, 17 after 12 games. Arsenal, 14. White in 11. Burnley climb out of the relegation zone after 12 games, 10 points. And then the relegation zone is Fulham, 9. West Brom, 7. And Sheffield United, um, 1. Quickly on that league table then, Lloyd. Is the front is the bottom three going to stay out of this? Considering Fulham are starting to get better now, West Brom have got big salmon and probably have a chance now. And Brighton have looked poor. I think I think personally it's going to be Sheffield United, Brighton, and possibly a, a tight scrap between Burnley, Fulham, and West Brom. Do you think Brighton are in it now? Do you think? Uh, no, I think Brian might stay up. I think they will stay up. But like, at the moment, they've really been underperforming. Two, like, two, the underlying two points above. Was really good for them. Two, two points above the relegation zone, though. Uh, I, I, I do think they will turn it around, though. They do have a really good team. Uh, they're really good managers as well in Graham Potter, and I, re- I do really like him. Uh, they, they play really good football, too. They don't really got the results. But uh, the stats are saying that they should be winning these games, and performing a lot better than they are. Yeah. So uh, I, I do think they will play in a run of good form. I, I, I really don't think they will get eradicated. They were really unlucky, um, really unlucky against us. And then I think one key player has been Taki Lampy. I think he's clocked up the highest speed of all players in Europe's top five leagues this season. Have you been surprised how well he's been playing quickly, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, He was really highly rated at the Chelsea Academy. But like, I don't think anyone expected him to be this good because they did sell and give Reese James more chance. Yeah. But then, like, it does look like like they're two top quality right backs, really. Like, I, I've been really impressed with him. Yeah, as he as he said in the past weeks, he's been linked to his um, Bayern Munich and some other um, big teams as well. So definitely a, a promising talent. And then the last um, set of Premier League games before Christmas, then Crystal Palace play Liverpool on BT in the early game half twelve. And then Southampton, Man City, 3 o'clock on Amazon. And then big, probably one of the biggest games of the weekend. Everton play Arsenal at half, 5 on Sky. Newcastle, Fulham, 8 o'clock on Sky. Then four games Sunday. Brighton, Sheffield United at 12. Tottenham v Leicester at court past 2. War of the Roses, Lancashire v Yorkshire. Historic um, derby, well, historic rivalry. Man United against Leeds. Um, all three of them on Sky. Then one game on BT. Court past seven between uh, West Brom and Aston Villa and Midlands Derby. And two games live on Sky on Monday. Burnley Wolves at half five. And then to round off just for Christmas, Chelsea play West Ham at um, eight o'clock. And then, of course, the Premier League awards have been given out um, for this month as well. Um, and just obviously, hang on, let me just get them out. I think they're obviously the awards of manager of the. Um, the manager of the, the month for November, player of the month, and um, goal of the month, I think, have been, um, have been decided from um, the awards given. Hang on. So the, the nominees were 
Sports for the award, Ben Shearwell for Player of the Month, obviously Chelsea, Bruno Fernandes, Man United, Jack Greenish, Aston Villa, um, Javier of Tottenham, Agbono of West Ham and James Ward-Prowse of Southampton. And um, probably no surprise, Bruno Fernandes come out on, on top, four goals and an assist in four Premier League um, games now, which is quite remarkable. Um, really as well um, <laughs> done really well manager of the month Frank Lampard Chelsea Jose Mourinho Tottenham David Moyes West Ham and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer Man United Jose come out on on top in now one obviously unbeaten um, unbeaten in November they were top of the table at the time as well and I think it's uh, 13 years since he last won his manager of the month since March 2007 with, with Chelsea and then goal of the month James Ward-Prowse um, was James Ward-Prowse against Villa, Danny Ings against Aston Villa, Aino against West Brom for Fulham, Jamie Vardy against Leeds, Eze against Leeds, Solly March against Villa, Mares against Burnley, um, which was his first goal, and then Rafinha against um, against Everton for Leeds as well, and then Oli Aino come out on um, top Fulham player. Um, they think he's the only third, the third Fulham player to win um, the goal of the month between Gene Michael Syria and Andre Schürrle. Um, obviously played for for Chelsea. And I forgot he played for them. Um, or was it two seasons ago? Um, now only Chelsea and Tottenham um, have had more Premier League um, winners as well. Um, then obviously all the votes are combined from the captains, the the public vote, and a, a panel of deciders, and then the. And the 23 is quickly then. Liam Delph got awarded um, that award as well. Sam Greenwood of Leeds, Cole Palmer in, uh, in October, and Liam Delph, the Mansi um, award winner. So I think one player to watch out for. Who was the player you told us to watch out for, Lloyd, the Arsenal player? Is it Balogun? Oh, yeah, Balogun. Balogun, I think. Our our young player we signed, um, Uruguay, is Palisteri. I think he's done um, really well as well. So exciting talent in there. Under 23. So that's it for the um, St. Martin's Football Show. We'll be back for the last show before Christmas. We'll be looking back at the latest round of, uh, or the last round before Christmas of Premier League action and the Carabao Cup quarterfinals in midweek. Um, some of the games on the weekend, as I said, Man United Leeds, Liverpool Palace, and then the Carabao Cup. You go away to Man City. We play at home to um, Everton, Brentford, Newcastle, and Stoke Tottenham. In this, all three of our teams involved. So, um, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week um, for the, the Christmas special, effectively. Thank you for listening and goodbye. So, as promised in the show, then this is me speaking on BBC Radio 5 Live 606 to Alistair Bruce Ball and former Premier League winner and England international Chris Sutton about Man United's possible future and where we can go winning trophies and possibly top four and whether Dean Henson should be Man United's number one. See you next week on next week's show. Enjoy. Touch on the text to let us know on that one. And let's start the show with Leon tonight. Uh, Leon is a Manchester United fan. Good evening, Leon. Leon, what would you like to say? Hello, uh, Alistair. Hello, Chris. Hello, Leon. I'd just like to say you were on about the social doubters. I, I was actually one of them, I'll admit that. I think before Bruno Fernandes come in, we were really struggling. I didn't think we'd be in a position like this and get Champions League. I mean, I think we were struggling for Europa League at one stage, but I think he brought Bruno in and he was brave in doing that and he's completely transformed us and Bruno hasn't just transformed the tier, he's just transformed everything. He's transformed Pogba 
think Pogba's getting better now because he wasn't looking himself a few weeks before lockdown. And he's transformed the whole squad and everything around everyone around the club now is just thinking we can progress here and hopefully get on to better things in the future. Do, do you think, Leon, that, uh, that United can challenge next season with, with what you've seen in recent weeks? I don't, I don't think we can go for the title quite yet. I think maybe we need... I think we've been linked with Jason Sancho or we can get a few more players in, just the backup squad. I mean, I, the defence is good, but it's not convincing. Like, a few, man, well, Man City's not the best, but I don't think it's, it's a title-winning defence. I mean, we do need to strengthen, but going forward, we're just brilliant. We've got Pogba, we've got Fernandez, we've got Mason Greenwood, who I think is definitely a future England striker. We've got Martial, he's been playing well, Rashford. It's just really good going forward. I mean, maybe at the back, I know De Gea hasn't been playing the best, but he's still a good goalkeeper. I mean, we've got Dean Henderson as well. But would you, would you play Henderson back. next season? Um, Ahead of De Gea? I wouldn't. I'd let him stay at Sheffield United maybe for one year, one more year on loan because I don't think maybe get him some more experience because he has made some mistakes this year, but don't get me wrong, Sheffield United have done brilliant. I thought they'd go down, but they've done really well, and I, I hope they do get European football. But I wouldn't put him in the bracket as starting over the hair. The hair is a good goalkeeper. He just made a few mistakes, and hopefully he can push on, and he can because he is one of the best in the world. So hopefully, we so can Leon, keep all and, So what what yeah. should Solskjaer do then? Have Henderson on the bench or send Henderson out again? I, I reckon. Give him the experience. We got Sergio Romero was on the bench and he's a quality keeper. I know he made a mistake against Norwich the other day, but I think he's a quality keeper and he's scrappy on the bench. But Dean Henderson, he can't. I don't think he'd really learn from sitting on the bench what he's doing at Sheffield United. And he's got a great manager in Chris Wilder who's done like extraordinary things. So I think maybe give him a year out on loan. I don't know whether that's been agreed yet or I know it's definitely he's out there for the rest of the season, but. Maybe another year experience and he could be a future Man United number one. OK, Leon, thank you for the call. Manchester United fans, let